a quick heads up. I, uh, I'm on a lot of other podcasts occasionally, and so sometimes I will post their episodes on my show because they have given me their graces to do so, and because sometimes I run out of content. So for now, watch me and Percy, aka the most charismatic man, uh, talk about Marvel. Thank you. Welcome back to another episode of the most overrated, underappreciated, most viewed, underviewed podcast of all time. Welcome to, 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 to The Prince. Fresh Air, I am, of course, your host, the most charismatic man in entertainment. Um, no, I'm not Jason Momoa. You know, as I walk down the street in New York City, you know, people always stop me for autographs. And, you know, they want to touch their hair and they say, hey, uh, uh, you know, Percy, uh, you look like Jason Momoa. Is that your twin brother? Uh, unfortunately not. Um, that's not the case. Um, but anyway, let, let me get off that for a second. Just a couple things, you know, as we come into the new year, uh, you know, I, I want people to take away something positive always from every episode that I do. And I want to start this, this new year doing something different with the podcast. Normally I end the podcast on a positive note, but I also want to start off the podcast with a positive note. You know, lately, the last couple months, a lot of family tragedies for myself, and I'm sure millions and thousands of others out there. And, uh, you know, life is short. And, uh, you know, recently, my, my high school science teacher, Mr. Han Sally, passed away from cancer. Um, so my condol- condolences to his wife, his family. Um, and it, it really goes to show one of the things he said, you know, right before um, his final days was, you know, life is short. I'm not going to let this this illness stop me from living life. Um, so, you know, whatever you, whatever your vice is, you know, as long as it, it's controlled, you know, every day try to be positive, uh, you know, do something that you enjoy, whether it's playing basketball, going for a long walk on the beach, eating a slice of cheesecake, strawberry, I recommend. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I want everybody every day do something that makes you happy because tomorrow is not guaranteed. And even for me, the most charismatic man, sometimes I forget to live in the moment, which I am doing now. So I hope everybody else do the same. Now, enough of the blabbing. You know, I, I know people want to get into the episode. So let me in- introduce my next guest. Uh, you know, we've been trying to get this going for like the last four or five, six months. You know, from Tom Cruise calling me, you know, Taylor Swift asked me to go on the Eras tour. You know, it, it's been crazy, but we, we made it happen. So, uh, you know, it, it's a pleasure to have this guest on. Um, you know, he goes by the name DJ Serial Sauce. Um, he's a YouTube creative, Twitch streamer, producer, and podcast host of Eye for Talent, no pun intended. Um, he's most known for his videos on Ultra, Ultra Kills Music. He also runs a content group called Nothing Is Anything, uploading a variety of content every week. You know, he's a great guy. I'm, I'm glad that he finally made it on. We finally made this happen. Taylor Swift, I will get back to you because I just saw you email me. But let's bring on Dylan Stafford. How you doing, man? Dude, I am... I, I was going to say the best I've ever been. That's not quite true. My throat's not working with me. The snow's pretty bad. But if you take all that out of the context, uh, I'm, li- I'm living my best life right now. 
that, 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 that's all we can happen. You know, you know, like I said, you know, I, I'm living an American broke dream. I, the American dream is dead. You know, so you know, I, I, I'm living good as long as as much as I can. Um, now, I want to ask you right off the bat, DJ Cereal Sauce. Uh, how did you come up with that name? All right, here's the thing. Uh, it's probably significantly less interesting than a lot of other people that come up with their online aliases. I've talked to a lot of people who have funny online aliases. One guy I've talked to, his name is The Other Frost, and literally his only semblance, he was like, he was like, you know what? I played Call of Duty games when I was younger, and I really liked the blue camos, and the word Frost was taken on every damn social media platform, but no one has The Other Frost. And I'm like, that's kind of boring, but I think it's hilarious. So for, for me, what it was is, uh, you remember, you know the South Park games, like the Stick of Truth and all of that? Yes. Yeah, oh, yes. yes. Yeah, so uh, a few years back when that had first dropped, um, maybe within the first year of its life or so, uh, me and my friends were playing it. And uh, well, me and my friend, actually. Uh, and there's a portion in the game where it lets you pick all of your traits and whatnot. And then it asks you for your name, which, of course, the name doesn't actually matter because then they just call you some offensive words. I don't remember what specifically, but <laughs> this was kind of in the era of like the jokes that are uh, that were kind of adjacent to like. Hey, yo, it's your boy skinny penis. Right. And so, and so we were oh. like, <laughs> oh, and so no. we were like, and we were like, you know what? Let's, let's just come up with some absolutely batshit insane name. And it actually just came off the cuff and just came off the dome for him. Uh, and he was just like, you know what? Make it DJ cereal sauce. I was like, I was like, where the hell did you even come up with that? Uh, and so, and that was the whole thing. And honestly, it probably wouldn't be nearly as funny today if uh, a part of my whole brand and a heart, part of my whole, um, I guess, character was, if it wasn't being a producer, it probably wouldn't be nearly as funny, <laughs> but yeah, <we> are. <laughs> it's unique. And, you know, it's funny as you, was, you know, mentioning that I immediately, I thought of the, you ever watched the Amazon show, the boys? Uh, I have a friend who has seen a ton of it and they will send me snippets and tell me a lot about it, but I haven't seen it myself. Oh, you're missing out, man. You, you got to watch it. You had to watch it. I know. <laughs> you're missing out. Season, I think, what is it? Season four about to come out too. So yeah, definitely. It's, it, it, as you was telling the story, I thought about it because it's very, uh, it's not family friendly. Let's put it that way. So uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's a really entertaining show. Now for the kids, I won't, I, I won't get too much in depth in it, but uh, let's just say the, penis is not the most egregious term heard on that program um <laughs> but fun fact it's actually funny um now it's on imdb now but most people don't know this i hosted up my own uh, uh radio show when i was in college uh okay. for my, my college's uh broadcast it wasn't as crazy as you know dj cereal sauce but i went by dj long walks on the beach and uh you know <laughs> It, it was a hit, you know. People would call in, be like, <laughs> and the, the funny part about it is, I don't go to the beach, so. <laughs> oh God! You just but, pulled that one know, out of a hat. I, truth, truth be told, I don't even know how I came up with that name. Uh, <laughs> I don't, and I, I haven't, I haven't told people that story. It's been, it's been a couple years, but I, yeah, most people don't know that. Uh, DJ Long Walks on the Beach. I'm sure you could probably listen to some of my oldest stuff. It's on the internet somewhere, but yeah, that's a conversation for another day. Now, enough chitter chatter. Let's get into this. You know, let's have some fun because, you know, this is the most charismatic way. So, um, we, 
originally when I was going to bring you on, we was going to talk about the writer strike, and obviously time has changed, time has passed, and uh, a lot of things has changed. And uh, you know, off camera, we was talking about Marvel. We all love Marvel superhero movies. Is like the the, the game changer nowadays. Um, how do you feel about Marvel? Are you a big fan? How do you feel about DC? Which one you lean towards? How do you feel about the superhero genre? So the, the good news is that uh, the the good news is that the majority of my friends around me enjoy Marvel just at a baseline. We have plenty of differing opinions on how we feel about specific IPs that they have. Obviously, most people are going to turn to some of their more controversial ones, namely the ones that have come out within the last, I don't know, two, two-ish years, give or take. Um, but I also have a lot of friends who are into DC as an IP and will, as a result, they're like, well, DC finally turned X, Y, and Z character into a movie, of, gave them a movie, a movie of their own. Uh, maybe I should go see it. And then they go see it and they're like, well, I'm not surprised, but it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so in general yeah I'm a, I'm a pretty big fan of them i like um i like dc's ips although i don't consume them very much i just like seeing little snippets of them and i like hearing what my friends opinions are on the movies um and i will more than likely take their advice and actually go watch some of the specific movies if they tell me to but i also have a problem where i don't watch very many movies in recent years and so uh it doesn't happen but it's on my list Come on, you know, with streaming platforms, that's no excuse, Dylan. I, I'm, I'm disgusted with you right now, man. Come on, you got to get it together. <laughs> you know, you're not the first person to tell me that, actually. One of the last guys that I hosted on my show, he was like, he was like, motherfucker, if you don't go watch these shows, I swear. <laughs> now, I will say, I don't watch a lot of the TV shows. I, I don't try to watch uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, um, WandaVision, Loki. It, they weren't bad, but they weren't what they didn't keep me long. I, I watched a couple episodes and I kind of just tuned out. But the movies, at least in the last two years, I, I'm a big fan of the last couple years. We're gonna get into that. Uh, has not been uh really good. Uh, but truth be told, I'll tell people this all day long. I've been a DC guy since I was a little kid. I watch, I know the Martian Manhunter, I know every major character that isn't Superman. I love DC, and unfortunately, I, I, I'm still a little biased. Don't get me wrong. I think Marvel has better movies. I do think DC has better animation movies. Um, I think, hopefully, with uh, James Gunn, they start turning out some uh, some better products. But so far, Marvel's still killing the superhero movie genre. So, unfortunately, I say that with a heavy heart because I love <laughs> DC, you know? It's just a shame, but let me ask you something, you know, because I know you say you're a bigger fan of superhero movies now, and, you know, this has been a whole debate on Marvel fatigue, you know, from Thor, Love and Thunder, <coughs> God Awful, uh, Ant-Man, Quantumanium, uh, you know, Marvel hasn't been churning out the, the, the movies that they did during the height of the Avengers era. Um, do you think Marvel fatigue is a real thing? Oh boy. Um, so the interesting thing about Marvel as an IP is kind of the same phenomenon that I was explaining earlier where you're still, I mean, you're always going to have like the movies in general are always going to reach a massive scale audience. And so as a result, you're going to get a massively differing level of opinions, literally depending on who you ask on a day-to-day -day basis. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I think one of the main things that I actually noticed and heard about, uh, somebody described it really interestingly a few years ago where they were like, they were like, uh, why aren't these superhero movies um, at least attempting to try and lean into some of like the almost cartoonish absurd nature that you would have in like the comics. Um, and then they would actually, they actually went to, I don't think they really attempted to attempted to implement that kind of thing within their recent movies per se. Like that wasn't their intentional, like, yes, try and hit the comic book wackiness, but they did definitely did have some very questionably wacky notes on it. Namely, what is this name? Modoc, I think. Modoc. Uh, are, are you talking about from a quantum manium? Yeah. 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 Uh, Modoc. Yeah. Namely that it's like they did, they did that. And I, I don't know. I don't think there's really a good way to execute that character in a live action setting just because of how absurdly cartoonish he looks. And the proof is in the pudding and how people responded to his character coming back. So uh, I think people have like a, an idea of what they would want from the IP or from these IPs as a whole and what they want from the movie adaptations of comics that they like. And then mm -hmm. through one through for one reason or another, be it the failure of the directors or the failure of any number of teams on Marvel's end, or be it just on people's perception of a, a thing when it gets executed and is finally shown to their face, they don't actually want the things that they say they want. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I you know for me personally, it is a fatigue, and I think one of you know I I was having this conversation recently with a bunch of people about this, and I think the the hype that Marvel was able to captivate, you know, from 2012 to 2020, I'll, I'll give them that range. From all the Iron Mans, all the Thors, uh, the uh, Hulk, not so much. I don't like their treatment of the Hulk, but you know, <laughs> even Black Widow, they took characters when you put them against the Supermans and the Batmans and the Wonder Womans and the Flashes on paper. Ant Man should not be outselling Superman, uh, you know, um, all of these other minor characters, um, that Marvel has uplifted and made great movies and stuff. That era. Unfortunately, I think it's, it's past. I think the height of it um, was something that I've heard this quote before. You can't catch lightning in a bottle twice. And I think Marvel found that recipe. And I think now they're more about the quantity over quality. You know, during that time, yeah. everybody was always looking for the next one. But Marvel wouldn't give it to them. They say, you got to wait a year. You got to wait two years. Um or we're, 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 we're diverting from the Avengers movie, but now we're going to do a Thor solo movie so you can get a backstory to characters. Now it seems like they're kind of rushing and they're doing quantity. And that's why movies like Thor, Love and Thunder, I love Chris Hemsworth. I love his portrayal of Thor, but that movie was, a, it was the, it was the, it was that moment I think people started realizing Marvel needs a refresh. They need to take a step back. And and go for quantity, uh, because now uh, go for quality. Excuse me, not quality. Uh, 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 quantity, because it, it just seems like now there's like a superhero movie every five six months, and I think that anticipation anticipation isn't there anymore. Um, now the question is, can Marvel get back to the Avengers hype? You know, do you think they can reasonably get back to that that type of era? Or do you think it's, it's, it's kind of a one-off and that's it? All right. So I there's a couple of differing opinions that kind of surround this whole thing. I tend to think that there is more than likely a way that they can capture um, 
close to the same amount of hype that the Avengers as a whole, you know, group of people could generate. I think they, even if they couldn't hit a hundred percent threshold, they could hit, you know, clean 75% or more. Um, but there's a couple of interesting things that have surrounded that whole thing, which is that like, maybe it's not a good idea to try and bring back the original characters who made up the Avengers. If you've killed them, because if you remember, there was that whole thing where people were like theorizing that they were going to try and bring back Iron Man and Black Widow. And people were like, what yeah. was the point of you guys killing them then? <laughs> like yeah. at, at that point, yeah. it's like, it's like, are they just bringing them back just because of the fact that they know that a lot of people haven't been very receptive to the new characters that they're introducing? Uh, and the new characters is actually kind of the other half of the equation, which is that, uh, I don't know, not and obviously not nearly as many people care about the the new the newcomers that are coming into the series. Um, it could be for a potential reason of like some of these characters aren't fleshed out enough to make people care about them. Um, it could be their movie and or TV show adaptations of them that people don't really like. Um, and so I think I think uh, the potential for them to effectively generate the same amount of hype as Avengers did is going to actually require them to put more effort into giving us or giving the, the large stream um, large mainstream audience fan base to care about the new characters that they are trying to form a pseudo Avengers style team with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, you know, for me, I think one of the things you, you mentioned and I think Marvel needs to get back to is making people care. Right. And that's why I mentioned Ant-Man and um, and Black Panther. You know, that was a cultural phenomenon. But let, let's be let's be truthful here. Compared to Superman, Black Panther or even the Hulk, Black Panther wasn't a, a major player. I mean, I, I knew of uh, Black Panther, but a lot of people didn't really understand the character until they did the movie on, on him and introduced him into the Avengers and stuff like that. But they made you care about all of these characters. Uh, Hawkeye. He's a he's a, a secondary character to the Avengers, but yet they made you care about him. They made you care about everybody, and they took no name characters and built them up to a point that they was on the level of the Hulk when when it came to in terms of you caring about these characters. Now I can't I, I got to take a break for a second. Marvel, I will never I will never forgive you for the mistreatment of the Hulk. That's one of the things I think they need to rectify because. What did what did they doing with the Hulk? I'm I'm actually a little disappointed with that. Um, but ultimately, I think that Marvel needs to take a step back and do and reuse that formula. I think if it's not broken, you don't need to fix it. So I think they need to go back to the original format. You where you you do these uh, solo movies, you get people to care, and then you start introducing them. You know, meeting them into you know different scenarios you know introducing a multiverse because we all know the multiverse is already you know here yeah. so they can do that and, and and get back to that era but i do think that they became you i think when you get to that point of dominance and power and influence that sometimes what got you there and this is just human nature but when you get to that point sometimes you you can slack off and i think they just need to get back to that rigid format Making people care about the movies because, uh, to be honest, I just watched Ant Man, a Quantumanium, like a week ago. I didn't watch it when it came out. I didn't even watch it anywhere when it came out. And truth be told, it was, it wasn't horrible. 
uh is it the marvel i i'm i'm used to watching no um i didn't care uh, granted i did like kang i did love the portrayal of him but the movie itself was it, it wasn't what marvel made us fall in love with and i think they need to get back to that do you agree yeah, there's a. This is actually something I just now kind of thought about, which is that uh, Marvel kind of established their mainstay characters, the people who were a part of the original Avengers team. They had their Iron Mans and their Thors and their Hulks and um, and all of that stuff. And for the most part, they executed their build up movies to what is effectively a glorified crossover episode. Although I still love them, <laughs> they built you know they built up the characters all the way up to that level. Mm -hmm. by giving them their solos and then letting them appear in other places in minor areas. And then eventually having all of them have um, a marginally greater impact on the total situation. And then they had their kind of secondary esque characters that you had mentioned previously, where now that they have attempted to, um, they made one movie for some of these one-off characters, quote unquote, so I kind of side characters and whatnot, like Dr. Strange and Ant-Man and Black Panther are the three best examples. And then, the whole the biggest event that movie cinema has ever seen probably happened and then they were like all right well now that that whole song and dance is taken care of and done for how about we make sequels to those movies for those three characters or for you know other characters that have been kind of given the same treatment they made the second movie and then it seems like they just lost the formula on how to make it proper and they tried making it a lot bigger than it was supposed to be and that kind of didn't give them the same magic that the original ones did obviously mm -hmm. like with with uh with doctor strange and the multiverse of madness and the second black panther movie i still enjoyed them i'd still go watch them again um but to say that those had a stranglehold on us in the same way that the original movies for those characters did, I think is disingenuous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's not. I will say Dr. Strange 2. I was a fan of. I loved it. I do think they did a great job with that movie. But it, it felt like every movie after that was kind of um, it was lackluster. You know, Thor Love and Thunder should have been a way better movie. Uh, the, the 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 fart jokes and the humor was just it wasn't it wasn't funny and I think I, I get at this point they're experimenting with different things obviously you know when you know Chris Hemsworth I know him and and the di director I'm a botch his name so I'm not even going to attempt to say it uh, but I know yeah yeah you, you got <laughs> okay. it right thank you thank you thank you for taking a shot for me I appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> but um. I know this that was like a collab project for them. This is something that they wanted to to make on their own. And, but I, I I think that they can play around but still stick with the formula. I know they they're trying to go on a more diverse route and have a, a, a more uh layers to these movies where it's not just I know it's a family friendly content uh con, um content. But they're also trying to make it a little more edgier, a little more cool to you know to appeal to everybody. But I think they're also losing some of that 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 groundwork that they laid, and I think they need to go back to that formula. Uh, the TV shows, in that aspect, mm, I, see, I'm I'm in that minority here. No pun intended. Um, <laughs> come on, I, come on. <laughs> no, no pun intended. Um, I, I'm not a huge fan of them, 
Uh, She-Hulk, I've tried to watch. Eh, I wasn't a huge fan. I think for She-Hulk, they should have did an introduction movie to her. I think the TV show put a lot of people off to the point that now if they do a movie about her, I don't know if that appeal is going to be there. I don't know if people are going to be running to the theaters like they used to. And I think ultimately, there's a lot of things Marvel need to clean up. What they're doing with Spider-Man, because I have no idea what they're doing with, with Spider-Man. The Hulk... What are they doing with the Hulk? I, I He disappeared. I, I think he showed up in Doctor Strange 2, I think. But we haven't seen him since. Um, um, you know, they need to find a new format. And but keep the same format. And one of the things I, I want to touch on, too, what you mentioned. There, there has been rumors, and I think they're still considering bringing on Tony Stark, Iron Man, um, Captain America um, back. And it's something that I'm gonna be a little cheesy here, but the WWE and you know other sports do where they bring back these old veterans, uh, the, these people with the name, you know, bring out the Rock and Stone Cold for the cheap pop to sell WrestleMania and all this stuff. And I think now they're starting to realize uh, a lot of other play, uh, organizations are starting to realize that we need to start building new talent, you know, because we can't always rely on Iron Man and, and Captain America and Thor to carry the torch because at some point the actors are going to get older. Um, as we already know, with Iron Man and Cap, uh, Captain, Mar uh, Captain America, they already gave them their send-off. Um, so they need to go back to rebuilding these new characters and making people care again. And, you know, I, I didn't get a chance to watch uh, the Marvels. But I sort of reviews on that, and it was annihilated. It was a box office bomb, which is a shock for Marvel. A box office bomb, underwhelming. Uh, a lot of people hated it. They felt like they went into this woke era, which I'm not really going to get too much into unless you want to talk about it. But do you think that Marvel needs to... Actually, you know what? For the sake of this, let me ask you. Do you think Marvel is leaning too much into the woke era uh, instead of just catering to what people want to see? Uh, I think for people to call most pieces pieces of media woke are so have so, so far gone past the point that they don't even know what the, what that word means. Uh, and to the point where it's like, because like, I don't know, woke doesn't really have the same definition that it used to. 90% of the time it's going to be used by people who don't know what it means to try and describe something that's trying to be inclusive to other people that are not the majority. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's not a bad thing, but people have used it as a bad thing because they're afraid of change and that's just the way that things go. Uh, the Probably the most prominent point where that, big, uh, where that became a tone shift for the audience and not necessarily for the direction is obviously with She-Hulk. Um, because, you know, there, I think there's a whole portion in She-Hulk where she's like, you have no idea what it's like to have to control your rage like I do or something. And then there, the uh, the obvious connotation is the fact that Hulk has literally been hunted down for as long as he has been the Hulk, for crying out loud. But right. uh, I don't think anything is entering a woke era. I think what you had mentioned earlier about Marvel and their, and their associated directors trying to be experimental with what they're doing is leaving an accidental byproduct of people thinking it's woke when really it's just bad writing direction. Yeah, I could agree with that. And one of the things I will say is people have lost the meaning of woke. I do think there is some pandering going on and I, there's two sides to it. I do like, that they're trying to be experimental. You know, they're giving people of color 
um, you know, people of the LGBT community, uh, you know, disabilities. They're giving people in different, um, uh, from different uh, cultures, if you will, a shine. You know, they're giving people representation. That's the that's actually a better word to say it. But I also do think some of the narratives that they're 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 pushing and stuff like that is it's a turnoff. And I think get they needed to get away from that. Stick to what these movies are. It allows people to you know get away from 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 life, you know, and, and escape reality. Because we all know that there's nobody flying through buildings and you know pick up buildings and throw them around. We all know it's fake. <laughs> but you know, I you know I'm, I'm an actor. I know that. But people go to the movies because it allows them to to enjoy something and, and escape life. And you're one of the last thing you want to do after a long day of work or you know watching your kids or whatever is to go to a movie that's you know pushing propaganda that you could just see on Twitter, formerly X, uh, now X, or the or, or media. You know, you want to watch these movies and be like, wow, I think Marvel needs to go back to that. But this actually leads me to another question I have for you. Um, <laughs> a lot of um DC actually is experimenting with this whole PG, PG-13 rated R format. Uh, I tried to watch Doom Patrol. I was a little turned off by it. But, you know, Doom Patrol, uh, uh, you have The Boys, who a lot of people enjoy that TV show. It's, a, it's, it's rated R. I mean, you're not really going to want your kids to watch that show. Um, but they are going to a more edgier content, at least in a TV format. Do you think that we're at that phase now? where you can keep a family-friendly product but also make it a little more edgy and riskier. Do you think that pushing the boundaries a little more is going to be the next phase for all of these superhero movies? Oh boy, I don't I I don't know. I don't know if I believe that it would necessarily be the next phase. Um but I do think that um it's 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 weird. It, it's now more possible than ever but also the most dangerous because on one hand <clears throat> On one hand, there's a lot of media. Um, well, actually, I don't know. I guess because like because where I was going with all this is that like YouTube, for example, has become an almost obnoxiously kid friendly place in how they're trying to push and advertise and the rules that they're creating. And I don't necessarily know if that's sinking over to Hollywood or any of these other you know kind of smaller form companies doing the same thing. Um, so I, I don't know if it's necessarily the next wave, if it's the next push, if it's the next move. Uh, <laughs> All I really care about is how well they execute this stuff in the writing and the acting and the pacing of it all. Cause like there are definitively plenty of kids friendly media that uh, even people who are above the age of a child can appreciate and enjoy outside of the context of just watching it with their kid or their niece or their nephew. And there are even some kid friendly media, much like how there was a lot of kid friendly media back in, in, you know, when you were younger and growing up that you never really realized a lot of, right. a lot of children's media would make a lot of inappropriate jokes, but hide them under the guise of stuff that, that children don't understand. And so like parents would look at that and they'd be like, how oh, that's funny. Or you'd grow up and you'd see it years later and you'd be like, how oh, that's funny. Um, so I think it's definitely, uh, an, it's an interesting and I think a potentially very appropriate move that they could take. I think it's just like, you, you need to, pick what the main focus of your show is or what the main focus of your movie is like obviously the whole concept of superheroes as a medium i guess is 
mostly built and originated to kind of uh, entertain children or like a younger audience anyways. And so I think some people forget that sometimes, but on the other hand, I also recognize that the media should grow and change with its audience if, mm-hmm. if they can find a good way to do it. And so uh, I, I do like the idea of, uh, you know, if they want to take a more family friendly approach, sure. I don't, I don't knock you for it. If the, if the end product comes out bad, it sucks to suck, I guess. Yeah. I, I, I actually that because, you know, when we watch Deadpool, Deadpool is a prime example of, it's not rated R. Actually, no, I, I do think it is rated R. Um, but Deadpool is one of those characters. Everybody loved those movies. Everybody loved them. Um, the humor, the dark jokes, the, the, the grittiness of it. People love it. The Boys is a very rated R show. They took a lot of these powerful superheroes and, and, and even just human beings in these shows and they made it an edgier product for people. And it, one of the things you mentioned was your fan base. I think you can, you know, we're at the time now where a lot of these companies realize, okay, we were advertising to the young audience, but there are people in their 30s and 40s who want to go to these movies too. Uh, people in their 20s, um, they're our primary fan base too. Um, so how do we appeal to that as well? And I think... <clears throat> I think a lot of it is experiment with the TV shows, right? Because a lot of TV shows, superhero TV shows now are a little more riskier. They have nudity, they're cursing, they have, you know, adult language and content involved with it, which is not everybody's cup of tea, but it's given the adults and uh, you know, or people over the 18, over the age of 18, something they could bite on and enjoy. Um, and I don't know if that's the format, but when you look at uh, Deadpool, when you watch DC, DC and Marvel are completely different um, in terms of filming and the, the actual movies. DC is more darker, grittier, um, more violent, if you will. Yeah. Um, Marvel, don't get me wrong, still has his violence and stuff, but it's more it's more family friendly oriented. But I wonder because, like in Thor: Love and Thunder, they did experiment with a little more adult humor you know having chris hemsworth showing his butt um which i'm no i'm not gonna say nothing um (laughs) (laughs) i'm not gonna say nothing um i i i think they are going to start experiment with that experimenting with it because they realize the audience is changing and we're not in the 2015 era where everybody will go to this movie regardless they need to keep people invested and how do you do that you kind of start changing a little bit and experiment with it. Okay, maybe we can throw a couple curse words in there. Maybe we could show a little nudity. I don't know if Marvel's going to do that 100% yet, but DC is starting to experiment experimenting with that. And I think DC, once they figure out the movies aspect, like the writing, the directing, they will probably have more success. I think a lot of the Mar- uh, DC's failures is the directing and... The, the movie quality isn't as a part as uh, it's not on par with Marvel, but I think if they could clean that up a little bit and bring it up, you might have a you might start having a war in, in, in this thing. Do you agree? Uh, you just like uh, they're co- two completely separate. Oh boy, uh, there's o- there's obviously always been a war between Marvel and DC, namely the most common one being like this Marvel hero versus this DC hero and whatnot. So that's been going on since as long as both of them have been in the public's eye. Yeah. Uh I 
I think that both of these, like, I think so. Okay, both of these uh, IPs have the potential and the ability to make absolutely insane products. They obviously just fall short in two different ways, as you had previously mentioned. Um, and so, uh, really, like, I, it's funny to bully DC movies for the way that they execute their concepts because their concepts, I think, are really cool. It's just the execution of them is it falls flat a lot of the time. It's funny to make fun of that. Like I watched the 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 most recent Flash movie, and I I, I don't know if you've seen it. It might be one yeah. of the worst things I've ever seen. I, it was awful. <laughs> awful. Um, yeah, did not good. You made me cry, man. That, that... <laughs> yo, I, I I don't mean to cut you off. No, I, you're good. You know, oh man. I love the Flash. He's my favorite superhero, and they did him dirty in that movie. What was that atrocity that they put on? You know, and and that's the part that that frustrates me with DC because there's no way, and th- th- this is no disrespect to Ant Man because I know there's Ant Man fans around there, but there's no way Ant Man should be making more money than a Flash. You know, I, I, I'm I'm just I'm just flabbergasted. But go ahead, continue. <laughs> Yeah, so with yeah, with with Flash is my main vehicle to get to the point here. They have great concepts, their execution is it falls flat a lot of the time. I want to see them get better because I actually want to have a reason to go watch DC movies for the purpose of like they're actually good movies that I should watch. And I think as soon as they get to that level, if they get to that level, um, that's when we're really gonna start seeing both of these franchises pop off because like what's the point in Marvel having to worry about making good movies if all they have to do is make movies that are better than The Flash, you know? Oh, man. You're going to make me cry, man. I'm about to end this. No, I'm kidding. Uh, He's like, I'm going to have to this short and play the outro. <laughs> I, you, you brought back a scar I wanted to close permanently. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, that watching that, that Flash movie, Good God, I, I, I'm I'm disgusted, and th- this is uh, someone who has a huge bias towards DC. Now, granted, like I said, I will watch a Marvel movie in a heartbeat, but I'm a little biased with DC, and I, I'm just my my frustration is they can do better. But one of the things, and I've talked about this on the podcast a couple times, I think DC needs a vision, and the problem is they don't have a vision. What they are doing, and which they need to do. What they're doing right now with James Gunn is a tremendous step forward. But what they need to do is follow Marvel's format, what they were doing. You have directors for these for these categories. So, for instance, uh, if you have, uh, you know, Batman, you have uh, Christopher Nolan, although just a, just a point of reference. You have Christopher Nolan doing all the Batmans. For Wonder Woman, you have uh, this director doing that. For Flash, you have this director. And then when it comes to the you know the the big collab projects, they all come together with a vision. The problem is you have one Batman being directed by one person, then a second Batman directed by another person, then Aquaman directed by one person, then the second one is directed by a different person. So you get all different types of looks, and it's not consistent because every director, as we've seen with Zack Snyder's cut versus um, I think it was it wasn't Josh Whedon, but the 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 um the the Russo brothers when they did um or whoever the director was that took over Justice League, when you see Zack Snyder's version towards that version, Zack Snyder's blew it out the water. But it didn't, that wasn't the one that made it to theaters. 
And I think DC needs to take a deep breath and stop trying to catch up with Marvel. They don't need to. Superman will sell himself. Wonder Woman will sell herself. Not that type of selling. You know, watched it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Flash will sell himself. These characters will sell. They just need to put on a, a better product. And even in the case of Shazam with Dwayne Rock Johnson, who a lot of people say I look alike. I, I don't see the resemblance. Uh, but uh, <laughs> it, 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 even with even with that movie, it it, it was poor poor choices made. And I think they're trying to match Marvel, but they're not doing it in a matter that makes the quality as good. So they need to stop trying to push out as many movies as they can and really take a take a deep breath. You know, we're not going nowhere. Um the most charismatic man is always open for business. So if you need a new uh Aquaman, you know, just call me. Uh, but uh <laughs> you know they just need to take a, a step and, and and focus on the quality. Um how do you do you agree with that or do you think it's just I mean in general yeah it's always like it's like the more time you spend on working on a project within like a you know within reason the better your product is going to be. Uh, I think, I, 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 yeah, all of that comes off of the backs of kind of what was mentioned previously, which is that like, you, they're not taking the time to build a proper foundation on which to put this character on top of, or even to put the story of this character on top of for the movie they put them in. Uh, so I think in general, yeah, if you just slow down and be like, all right, <laughs> wait a few years, let us make this character. Let us fully flesh mm-hmm. them out and make a movie about them that is good. And I specifically emphasize the word them about it uh, or in it because another issue that I'm finding, and I don't know if this happens as much with DC because again, if my own, my only, my only interaction with them in recent years has been that flash movie. But I think in general, what superhero movies need to stop doing is if they're going to try and make us care about a character, you need to stop throwing in a bunch of other characters that, because Mm -hmm. then you just draw the attention away from them. And then you have to focus on not slandering this character's appearance on screen and not slandering their character. um, When it's like, it's like, you know, if uh, there are some instances where instances where it makes sense, like if you're going to deal with something as big and to scale as like multiverse of madness, for example, like it's fine to have those characters in there. But like, I don't really know why they needed to have both Batman and Wonder Woman and or no, it wasn't Wonder Woman. Who was it? Or was it? I don't know. Flash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Supergirl. Supergirl. Okay, that was why. That was why I was confused. It's like I don't. I don't really know what those two added to the story at a baseline. Sure, they had their moments, probably. Um, but it's like if you're gonna make this about the Flash, you might want to try and focus on what he's doing and not make another integral part of the story revolve around these other characters as much. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially if you're not even gonna do them justice while you're doing it. Yeah, I, I think the the Flash two things. Uh, even though Batman and Supergirl didn't really need to be in a movie, they definitely were better actors. Uh, I, I Ezra Miller, outside of his legal issues, I don't think he was a good Flash, and this just might be my opinion. I don't think he captured. You know who's a good Flash? Um, Grant Gustin from the 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 TV show uh, Flash. He portrays Flash oh, yeah. in a in an amazing way. I, Ezra Miller made the Flash too goofy and. I, I didn't like the running, the the cinematography. I didn't like the special effects. It, it was the the TV show had has a smaller budget, and they did Flash better justice than the movie did. 
And I think ultimately what it comes down to is choices. They need I will I will always give Marvel credit for this. They are and I know the casting director who who casts all of those movies, Sarah Finn, amazing woman. Um she casts these um actors in great roles. And I I can't take that away from Marvel. Yeah, you might not like certain uh people uh but their casting is top notch. Uh they is very rare that they miss. And in that turn, you could have a, a, a you know a, a right project and still have a character that people care about. DC, yeah, they, they're taking characters like Supergirl. I, I know Supergirl, but not everybody knows who Supergirl is. And then to make a whole movie without introducing her backstory and that she's Superman's cousin and how she came to Earth, a lot of people are like, "Who who is this? Why should I care about her? Oh, she just flies and she has the Superman logo. But that's not enough. You know, Marvel, what they did, and it was beautiful. I think it was, uh, was it uh, Avengers uh, Civil War when they introduced Black Panther? Yeah. They had Black Panther introduce him, how he got into the suit, what made him get into that suit, introduce him. And then we have a movie coming out to explain more about him. So when that movie came out, that intrigue, that that appeal was there already. So they didn't have to worry about who the, who the hell is Ant uh, uh, Black Panther? Who is this guy? They already kind of knew who he was. So going to the movie was like, oh, okay, I like him. I'm out with him. And it was a, it was such a culture phenomenon. DC needs to get to that. And I think, unfortunately, when you have too many cooks trying to make a lasagna, how many cooks do you need to make a basic pan lasagna? You know, DC <laughs> has like eight chefs in the kitchen. You got one putting in beef. You got one putting in pork. You got another one putting in vegetables. You got another one putting in water. And the problem is it's not cohesive. So they need, and I, I say this with respect because I would love to work with a DC at some point. They need to let the directors stick with that. Like Marvel does. The, 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 um, the Russo brothers have directed most of the Avengers movies. But you have, the, Thor has his own director. Uh, Captain America had his own director. Thor has his own director. Let these people do, you know, have a vision. And then let them come together. That's the best way to get a project. Do you agree? Can I get an amen? Amen. I uh, know. I thought you were gonna say. I thought you were gonna say, "Hey, DC, what you need to do is you need to cast me as insert character here." Oh, oh <laughs> you know they, they kind of know that already. You know that's why people want me to replace Aquaman. You know, it's, you're like, yeah, that's a given. <laughs> come on, come on. This here is a money maker for them. They they they're missing out. Now, time is coming. But I I just say this because. I, you know, the Marvel and DC debate, I, I debated mostly from the history of DC and not from a cinem cinematographic viewpoint. Because Marvel, unfortunately, is leaps and bounds in terms of movies better than DC, unfortunately. But the crazy part is DC has the moneymaker characters. Iron Man, before Iron Man and Avengers came out, nobody was claiming to see an Iron Man movie. But you can guarantee... People will pay good money to see Superman, Batman, The Flash. They even bring Martian Manhunter. He he had a, a two-second cameo. I'm like, come on, man. If anything, Wait, Martian Manhunter, yeah, and, and Justice League. And Justice League. He um um he showed up uh I think halfway in or towards the end for two minutes and he disappeared. If anything, it would have been better to have Martian Manhunter instead of Cyborg. Because when you think of the Justice League, you don't think of Cyborg. You think of Martian Manhunter. 
but they didn't flush him out. So a lot of people just look at him like, oh, that's E.T. No, that's Martian Manhunter. You know, like and- DC did not get the rights to ET. Quit playing with yourself. <laughs> hey, but <laughs> when you, but you know what? If you don't make people care and you don't give people the information, a lot of people don't know who Martian Manhunter is. He's yeah. by far, if not the most powerful, the second or third most powerful character. Him, Superman, and the Flash are by far the three top tier super uh, powerful people in the Justice League. And yet, when it comes to these movies, it's not the justice isn't done. No pun intended. Um, it's just it's not cohesive. And I, I will say, DC do have great casting. Jason Momoa's Aquaman. Come on, that's a money maker. Henry Cavill wasted opportunity, but that was Superman. And look what happened. They got rid of him. And let me let me ask you: Are you looking forward to the James Gunn era of DC? Uh, if I'm honest, I totally had forgotten that he was even taking over for that role in the first place. Like it, it had kept coming mm-hmm. up, but I was like, I, I don't know. It, it was like it, my brain just processed it as like a series of words and didn't really piece together the context behind them or piece together like what that actually meant for them as a series. Um, I think one, I think he's done a good job as, at being a director, but I think the other portion of the fact is like knowing that we have a definitive director to take on these projects is a good step. It could be somebody I've never freaking heard of. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'd still be like, Hey, at least, you know, to your point about they have too many cooks in the kitchen. I'm like, all right, here's the, here's the main chef. You are going, he is going to, you know, he's going to be the one cooking. We need mm-hmm. like that, that instills confidence in me. Uh, and and that is now, but what that does mean is it's now going to make people incredibly critical of everything that he publishes for them because they're going to be like, bro, you did so good in X, Y, and Z projects. Why did you do my favorite character dirty? <laughs> if if yeah. you know if he doesn't do as uh, good of a job as people are expecting of him, I, I I think it's refreshing to have him. Another criticism that DC gets, they don't let the directors have full control. And what I mean by that is so many directors have came out and said, hey, I had Zack Snyder. I had a vision. And instead of letting me see that vision, they changed everything. They had, I know Justice League, unfortunately, he had to leave because of the passing of his daughter. But they didn't let him come back and continue. They put a whole new director in there and he changed the whole thing. And that's why the movie, the non-Zack Snyder cut was such a bomb. Because it wasn't flushed together. You, you just woke up in the middle of the movie and you have all these characters in there. And they expect you to just be like, oh, hey, yeah. But again, if you don't make people care about these characters, then it doesn't mean anything. I love Superman and most people will go see a Superman and Batman movie regardless. But who's these other characters? Why should I care about them? Who Who's this Justice League? Because there's people who don't know who the Justice League is. Um, and they just don't have cohesion. The executives, the people who run DC, shall let the directors see their vision through. And if they, if the movie bombs, they're okay. You can say, you know what? Uh, granted, it's easy said and done when you, you know, don't have three hundred million on the line. But yeah. when you hire a director as an actor, you know, when I'm on set and stuff, when I have, when it is a director, I trust their vision. And even if I feel like I could find two things. That's the conversation we have. We we get together. They let me know their thoughts. I let them know my thoughts. And we work. 
But then if we do all of that and then you have somebody else that ah scratch the whole thing, I don't want to, I, I'm not a fan of it. And then when the movie comes out, it's nowhere near the director's vision, it's nowhere near the actor's vision of the character. Um, you know, what do you do? And I think DC needs to take they, they had their, their hands tight around the project too much. They're choking them. Let, let that grip go a little bit and let the directors, let the producers, the people who are overseeing these projects, let them, you know, do their job, let them breathe, let them do what they see fit for the character or for the movie, and then let's see how it plays out. Because Marvel, since the beginning, I'm sure they had a little more hands-on for the first couple movies, but it was masterpieces. And look now. Iron Man, they didn't, you know, I'm sure Marvel's like, hey, uh, we trust you, Kevin Feige. Get ahead and do what you got to do. And look what happened. Every movie was a, a billion dollars plus. You know, I think DC needs to go that route. Um, but until DC executives realize, hey, we should trust the people we hire, it won't change, unfortunately. Yeah, that is actually a good point about it is it's like, yeah, sure, you have you now you have a director change and you have the consistency of knowing that this is the guy who is going to be responsible for everything. Now you have to look at everybody who's surrounding them and go, all right, now you need to like step back a little bit, like let him let him get comfortable in his new place before he before he leaves because of like workplace harassment, metaphorically. <laughs> yeah, it, it has to be that way. And as someone up close and personal. And, and you know, and have been doing this for a while. I understand the process, and I understand that when you hire somebody to do a job, you gotta let them do the job. It's like if I I tell you I hire you to be a DJ, but I tell you, hey, you, I, I I'm gonna watch everything you do, and if I don't like it, I'm gonna change everything. But if I hire you to be a DJ, I gotta let you do DJ. You know what I'm saying? And I think my, uh, DC once they let that ring go and that tight leash, it's same thing with WWE. You know. When the you know the president of the company lets the talent, lets its uh, subordinaries, lets uh, lets the directors and the, the the people who are directly hands on do their job, you get a magical project. Now, if it bombs, then you can say, hey, you know what? Maybe, maybe we should you know input a little more. But you got to let them breathe a little bit, and until they do that, it's going to be the same rinse and repeat formula because there's always going to be. Oh, come on, man. What what are we watching here? And I think Man of Steel was by far, outside of Zack Snyder's Cup, was by far, outside of Batman and Christopher Nolan, was by far the best DC movie. And it was because it was it was flushed out. Granted, a lot of people didn't like it. Uh, some people didn't like it. But it was flushed out. You got the backstory. You got to understand Superman. You got to meet Lois Lane. You got to meet Perry. You got to meet his parents and how his his father's death influenced him become the man of steel. You got to see all that, and unfortunately, they did it for that one movie, and then everything else was like you just wake up as Wonder Woman. The Flash just woke up one day; he was the Flash. It's like it, now you got to make people invest in these characters. But what do I know? You know, <laughs> I'm just a I'm I'm just a new Jason Momoa on the scene. You know, I, I can't help <laughs> it. Um, but on the, actually, one more question about James Gunn. Because obviously, uh, I don't know if you know this, but many people have heard this is Jason Momoa's last out of Aquaman. Aquaman 2 was the last one of the DC run before James Gunn takes over and reboots the whole thing. Um, what, do, what do you see happening now? Do you think that James Gunn could potentially do 
something good for the franchise because when he first got announced, a lot of people was dismissing him already um, because he released Henry Cavill. Um, surprisingly, I, I'm hearing he's keeping Wonder Woman on, which is surprising because Gal Gadot, who I met and is wonderful, but I feel like Henry Cavill and um, Ben Affleck were great in their roles, but he's, he's getting rid of them and keeping her outside the point. But do you think that this could be the time that DC can actually start catching up to Marvel? I think if there's any time where they're going to start catching up or at least developing an identity of their own to be really good, it's going to be right now. Uh, that's not to say it will happen, but I think now is probably the greatest chance for it to be happening than, uh, I don't know, any time before its inception, I guess. Because, you know, if you mm -hmm. wanted to make it a fleshed out and, and its own thing, you probably should have done that from the get-go. But, uh, yeah, I think if there's any time, it's it's the present. And uh, while there might be some very questionable choices that are being made, um, I don't know. I'm I'm erring on the side of uh, of being optimistic about like I'm sure there's probably a good reason why he's cutting those characters because maybe the concept is okay. Now we're moving into this new era of of James Gunn kind of directing and, and overseeing all of this. So maybe he's like. Let's just let's just get them out of the limelight where people are still bullying them for the roles that they were placed in prior. Even if the public can recognize they're good in these roles, they've just been screwed over by bad writing or whatever. Um, I, I could reasonably believe that they, James Gunn could look at it as like, okay, this is where we're at right now. We're starting new. We just need to find new characters, flesh them out, make give people a reason to care about the character again, and not necessarily. Um, rely and and do all of this off of the backs of people who uh like actors who people already know and love um but i also do understand that it seems a little bit questionable that if that is the route that he's deciding to take you are taking out your your main hitters and and leaving in other people who already have that established um perception of them as like oh this is this character the this person as most of the public sees them is played by this actor. Um, and they're fleshed out enough to the point where under my hypothetical situation, they should also be axed um, to make way for new people to flesh out the series. But mm -hmm. I could also, you know, a part of that could be due to the fact of like Henry Cavill and um, I already forgot the other guy's name you mentioned. Chris Evans. No. Uh, whoever was playing Batman prior prior. Oh, uh, Ben Affleck? Ben Affleck, yeah. Any of those, it's like, all right, these guys have been doing it for too long. We need to make them step out. So, yeah, I don't know. Decisions are a little bit questionable, but I think if there's any time for DC to be trying to expand, uh, improve, and be better on their own, it's it's probably right now. Yeah, that's a, you know what? I, I, that's, an, uh, that's a fair assessment. And I think my, my gripe, and I think many people's gripe is, if you're going to reboot the whole franchise, just reboot the whole thing. You know, if because... Uh, truth, truth be told, I think a lot of people were upset about him releasing and dropping all of these uh, actors. Where, hey, they didn't get the just do, and yeah, they did a couple movies, but we didn't really get to see them at their strength, at their peak. So, but even even if you take that, um, why are we keeping Wonder Woman? Like, why not recast Wonder Woman? Why are we bringing and this? Like I said, no disrespect to her, but Jason Momoa was a better Aquaman than Gal Gadot as a Wonder Woman. Same with Henry Cavill, Superman. Um, why why not just reboot the whole thing? Get rid of everybody if you're going to reboot it. But 
it, it just seems, and I know people throw this whole, oh, well, because Wonder Woman is angels. Well, so is Superman, you know? So <laughs> if, if we're going to, you know, I, I think it's I think it's weird that they're only going to keep certain people and then reboot the whole thing. No, if you want a clean slate, you got to start clean. You know, you can't rebuild the house by keeping the same foundation, the, the same foundation that allowed the house to fall in the first place. So, yeah. um. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. But I will say, I will give him credit because I do think he's looking at longevity. And realistically, unfortunately, Ben Affleck in his mid-late 40s, Henry Cavill just turned 40. Um, Gal Gadot is almost 40 as well. Uh, Chris Evans, all, all of these characters are either approaching 40 or over 40. So maybe it was time for these actors, you know, getting some newer faces like myself, um, and uh, <laughs> and you know, get younger blood in there, so you can realistically get like five, six, seven movies out of them. It's hard to do that when you have a forty-year-old. Um, so in that aspect, I will give them benefit of the doubt, and I hope that they allow James Gunn because it doesn't matter if you get The Rock to come out on Raw or Stone Cold to come out on SmackDown. If you don't allow them to be themselves, then you're not going to get that true feeling and that 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 must see feeling that people are looking for. Um, so time will tell. Time will tell. And if you see me on a big screen, uh, you know, I told you so. <laughs> <I'm kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> um, as we talk about this though, there is a question, um, and this is a question I've you know thought about myself. I, I was told my manager about this because. Ultimately, I actually do want to get into superhero movies. That's my goal. And it's not because of the money and stuff. It's actually because I want to empower people. Now, I'm not opposed to playing the villain either. You know, Kang, look at Kang. He, well, may, let me not use that one now. But um, <laughs> Bad example. Know, yeah, bad example. But you can get longevity out of characters that aren't the heroes per se, right? But do you think... That super superhero movies has been dominating for like the last twelve years. They're dominating the box office, and yeah, we have Barbie Heimer, and that was a great run. But people aren't running to the movie theaters anymore. Do you think that movie theaters is is just it is right now what it is? Movie uh superhero movies are the bread and butter, and these are gonna movies be the movies that dominate the theater experience or the movie experience. Do you feel like this is the genre that's taking over? All right. So the, the funny thing about superhero movies is that when they first started getting into the limelight and like really catching people's attention, and you know, if we're going to say this is, you know, about 10, 12 years ago, um, at that time, it was probably because it was like, you know, the this is the this is the first introduction into giving people a reason to care about superheroes, which ultimately came from comic books, which, you know, not nearly as many people cared when even those were first releasing as they pertain mm -hmm. to superheroes and whatnot. So I think the first couple of years it, it was catching people's eye and they were like, Oh, what is this? This is, this is, you know, the, the kinds of stuff that I'm seeing in here is stuff you'd only see in like a, a video game or something that's, you know, so far gone from reality, but in a way that is like, you know, cool to people that they really, it's, it's flashy, it's colorful. There's a lot going on. Um, and it's really eye catching. And so the first few years were kind of that happening. And then probably due to the, to the, the high amount of success that those generated, it's like, okay, 
now we have the foundation to be able to build up these things and keep them going because we know that people enjoy this kind of content and the people kept eating it up. And then again, it just, it just kept escalating until we got to where we were at with like Avengers Endgame, essentially. And then it hit a, it hit a sharp decline where people were like, oh, okay, now what? Now what's happening? And so then they were trying to do sequels to follow up on characters that they didn't give enough, uh, um, that they hadn't shown enough growth for. Or, you know, what is this person doing after the events of this massive climactic, climactic event? Um, and then those things that had been occurring and then they were like, all right, we killed off some of these characters. We need to bring in some new people. Uh, and then we started seeing the cracks where they were like, okay, maybe we have forgotten how to introduce a new character properly. We haven't given these characters enough of a foundation to stand on, to make them their own fleshed out character, to make people care about them. Um, and so I have a feeling it's going to taper off. Uh, it It's already kind of tapering off a little bit, but I think it's going to taper off even more if they can't, you know, get their stuff together. But mm -hmm. I think, uh, I think if they're able to, if they are able to get their stuff together, I think it's going to probably be just as um, rejuvenating and just as popular as it was that many years ago, if not more popular, simply because you have more people to attract and you have more people that you are currently attracting with your shows and your movies. Uh, and I think it will still kind of maintain the same reasons that people were going to watch them in the first place, which is like, not everybody wants to see these like super gritty, like uh, super, you know, uh, tragic depictions of real life events. Uh, obviously a lot of people still do cause it's an excellent work of cinematography and X, Y, and Z, but superheroes object superhero movies objectively still have something different to offer from what, um, from what the i guess objective majority of movies that are coming out are doing uh mm -hmm. it, it's kind of becoming its own medium where now it's like you have you you have fiction you have non-fiction you have historical uh you have like documentary style stuff and then you have like superhero movies in, the, in their own category and so i think it's basically become reified and solidified as its own category of movie uh that can hopefully healthily exist alongside other genres of movies that can give people a taste of something different when they don't want to be watching. I can't even think of another, uh, a good example right now, but <laughs> <laughs> now I get what you mean. I think that, you know, th that's the crazy part. That's why Barbie Heimer, which is for people who don't know the reference Barbie and Oppenheimer when they those came out was because it was the first time in a while that a non superhero movie put a lot of his time into marketing, budgeting, and press release. Because uh, unfortunately, Marvel and superhero movies in general were dominating the box office. If you had a movie, unfortunately, that was coming out, and I know Tom Cruise talked about this, where if you know you're going against a Marvel movie, maybe you should delay the release a little bit. Because you're going to be competing a lot, and you may not get those numbers that you normally would if you're going against a Marvel and I think now the tide has changed. And I think it's mostly because of the fatigue and the, the lack of anticipation. Now, we could get back to that anticipation again. Superhero movies will, will still run. It will still go on, but it will go a lot higher. I think the, the fatigue and the, the enthusiasm is kind of weighing off a little bit. But people are still flocking to the movie theaters to see Marvel, to see these superhero movies. They're not really going to see... A lot of these other movies that are making it 
to the movie theaters. And unfortunately, most people are using streaming services to see these other movies when they have the time. But when you're going to pay your hard-earned money, I, I truth be told, the last time I seen a non-Marvel movie in, in, in the movie theater was probably Mission Impossible, uh, the last one besides uh, Dead Reckoning. That was the last time I went to movies to see a movie not superhero-related. So um, I don't think it's going to go anyway. Uh, go, uh, go away. I think it's here to stay, which is a good thing and a bad thing. And I think with technology, as it gets better and it gets more refined, the the CGI effects are going to get tremendously better. Uh, the the effect, the other special effects that they have to do is going to get way better. So then it's going to increase the the movie experience for everybody involved. So you know, I don't know if superhero movies going to be out anytime soon. I would give it another 10, 15 years because I know Marvel has projects scheduled all the way to 2027. That's how this is how far in advance they think. So, you know, I think until people get tired and really fed up of it, they're always going to run to see a Marvel movie, a superhero movie. And, you know, one of those movies might be me, you know, wearing tights and, you know, saving a, a, a chick from a, a flying car. But, you know, it's good, you know. You might see me in one of those. That's all I'm saying. But um, <laughs> that's the refresh we need. You know, they've been they've been taking see, these. Now we're talking, though. <laughs> now you speak in my now language. Now we're talking. <laughs> <laughs> see, this is what we got to the this is what I've been waiting for the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you know what though? I will say from an actor's perspective, it's a double-edged sword because I will say during the height of Marvel. Man, to be a Marvel actor, even if you were someone who only showed up for five seconds in the movie, that was game changing for your career. You you know how many opportunities, even to the to this day, all of them get because of that. And I think, unfortunately, some of that appeal lost. And don't get me wrong, to be a superhero, to portray, to be in a superhero movie in today's society for an actor. The, the the opportunities the 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 reach that you get is unmatched but i do think the benefits that robert donnie all of them got aren't there anymore but i think like i said once the appeal starts picking up again and marvel and all, even dc too if they go back to the, the trying and true format that they had before game changer game changer i i mean i i still remember like it was yesterday Wait, you know, counting down the months until Avengers Endgame was coming out and all these other movies coming out. Like, I haven't felt that way in a while. And I know that people are waiting to scratch that itch. We just wait for Marvel to deliver that. And if they need me to de deliver that, then, you know, just they know where I'm at. Just call my manager. We'll, we'll figure something out. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Dylan, you know, we, we had a great conversation and I'll have you back on, you know, I, I, I know I'm sure people are tired of me blabbing, um, <laughs> but you know, you know, like I said, DJ cereal sauce, where, where can people find you in, um, and everything? Cause I know you have your own podcast and you have your own stuff going on, uh, where people can find you and all that good stuff. Yeah. So the good news is that the name DJ cereal sauce is so far out there that you can look it up, uh, and you can find the majority of everything that I do. Uh, most of it is actually music related when it first comes up. Uh, and for whatever reason, my SoundCloud comes up, even though I only use that for references and all my music is on private, but regardless, uh, 
<laughs> so you, you could you can search up DJ Serial Sauce and you'll find me basically everywhere. Spotify, YouTube, Apple Music, uh, Apple Podcasts in, in that whole section, um, Twitch, all that stuff. Uh, and I've tried doing a pretty good job at putting a link tree into most of the places where I upload to most. So if you go and find that, you can just click that and it will show you literally everything I care about that you can go and find. Perfect. You know, DJ Serial Sauce, it, it's been a pleasure. I'm I'm glad we finally was able to get this done. Don't get me wrong. We'll, we'll, we'll have another chat. We'll, we'll talk about some stuff on Marvel related. Um, but thank you for taking the time. You know, I just checked my email. Apparently, uh, Zendaya uh, wants me to meet up for lunch later. So, and then Dwayne Rock Johnson apparently wants to have a wrestling match. I, I don't know what's going on here. Um, Schedule is packed. I'm glad you were able to fit me into that time slot. Thank you. It's, it's hard, man. You know what's crazy? And I, truth be told, people don't actually believe a lot of things I say. I don't either. But I actually have met a lot of these people before. So it's not too far fetched. Yeah, it's because yeah, you're you, know, it. you know, you keep saying their name and then it gets in the metadata and then it gets recommended to them and they're like, his hair? I got to meet him, bro. You know what I'm saying? I, you, let me tell you, I, I was walking to Times Square a couple months ago and you know, I'm minding my business, jam, jamming the Coldplay. You know, I listen to Coldplay, don't judge. And uh, Tom Cruise saw me. He asked me for a picture. Can you believe that? So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I... Hey, this is where I'm at in life. I, I'm I'm a humble man, you know. I, I, I you got to manifest where you want to be in life. You have to, because if you don't, then you're not going to get to where you want to be. Yeah. And you know, so you know, Dylan, it's been a pleasure to have you on. Um, DJ Cereal Sauce, the most charismatic man. You can't, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. We're out, and like I always say, I hope a hand. It's a better hand. Thank you again to Dylan for coming on. You know, stay positive. Uh, Keep motivated, you know, chase your goals, chase your dreams, and uh, let's make that money, shall we? Uh, any final thoughts, Dylan? Oh, boy. Uh, man, typically typically, if I was on my own show, I'd end this off with something quippy, but I don't I don't even have anything to quip about. I just, uh, I'm just going to be super earnest, and you just, uh, you know, you email me anytime you want something, uh, uh, and the only thing I expect in return is uh, you let me know when you got some exciting opportunities, because I'll be, I'll be your biggest supporter. <laughs> hey, did... DJ Serial Sauce, let, let me tell you something. It, it, don't worry. You're not the first one who got, uh, uh, who felt like they got uh, hijacked by the charisma. It happens. You know, when you, you, you meet me and you start talking, you, you get mesmerized. I understand, you know. So that's, <laughs> pay me no mind. I'm just being a fool. Uh, <laughs> let, let me end it because I, I'm just rambling at this point. Thank you, man. I appreciate you. Oh.